You're listening to the Fire in the Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you like the show, you can help us out by supporting us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. If you want to be a guest on the show, or you want to get in touch, drop us a line at fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. That's fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Today on the show, we have the lovely, the wonderful Sylvie Rabat. We talk about travel stories, construction, Chinese knockoffs, Jason's recent comedy set, and meeting Sugar Sammy. And as usual, a whole bunch more. This episode goes up two days after Sylvie's birthday, so a very happy birthday to Sylvie from Fire in the Hole. (laughs) So what kind of doctor are you? Brain surgeon. Brain surgeon, is he? He's a brain surgeon. Fuck, dude. <laughs> they, they just, your parents just built a temple for you. <laughs> he has made it. He is our boy. Got <laughs> a white girl. Your life is set, huh? By a brain surgeon with a white woman. That's it, buddy. American dream and then some. <laughs> Say again? Not a Canadian dream. No, a Canadian dream is just the American dream with healthcare. It's very you have a nice day. When I lived in Abu Dhabi, I would go to this dry cleaner to wash my bed sheets because we didn't have dryers in the apartments. Okay. So and I only had that one. That would make set, sense. Right? So washing sheets was a three day operation <laughs> and it was so humid that things wouldn't even dry. So I figured out that oh it's a thing, you just go to the dry cleaners. So I would bring it to the dry cleaners, but they would staple with a stapler, my tag to my sheets. What? And yeah, it was very They're punching Im- holes in your sheets. Yeah, and then they did it to my clothes, and what? then I got very upset with them, and they couldn't understand why I was so upset. You're stapling my clothes. I was like, yeah, you're making holes <laughs> in my shit, man. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's not cool. Like if I come here enough times, there's no more clothes. Precisely. Mm-hmm. So I had to change dry cleaners as a whole. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But Fuck I your guess, staples. Fuck your staples. Like I was like, you can't, you can't, and you know, you lower your your vocabulary when you're speaking to someone who doesn't speak a lot of English. So you're like, staples, no, staples, <laughs> no, bad. and then you like, you know, you're making this hand gesture for sim- stapling, and <laughs> the guy's looking at me like, okay, and then he crawls up into his little hole into the dry cleaning whatever. I was like, wait, what's, wh- what's the hole? What's that? So it was this like window you would walk up to and then he would just climb down a little ladder <laughs> and serve you. It's so third world. It's so weird. <laughs> then he'd go back up in the hole to get your shit? Pretty much. And then I would just, you know, wait and then some, you know, take five minutes and then he'd come back with my little package and once I like stayed there and I opened and I was checking, you know, 
and I lost my my patience. And I was like, God, why are you stapling my bed sheets? You're making <laughs> Staples holes. Staples again. Staples again. I was very upset. And how can this be the first complaint you received about this? I can. I don't know. I wish I spoke Urdu or something. It's <laughs> difficult. Whatever. Is there whatever. a specific spot on your shit that they staple it to? Yeah, on like the on the um, the contour sheet, the oh, one that's, that's terrible. Fitted. Mm. The one you never want to replace because there's only one that fits with your mattress. Right. By the time you get to need another one, they've changed the whole thing. But do they staple it like in the middle or is it on the edge or like, like just uh, stapling like, it to the, like the crotch of your pants? <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> let's face it. There's, this is a no win scenario. <laughs> there's no way you can staple clothes that doesn't fucking ruin the clothes. Right. I have a, a vague recollection, like a childhood memory of Egypt where I, um, I think I drank some bad milk mm-hmm. or something. I was hospitalized in Egypt, which was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <clears throat> For some reason, they had no beds. They had these like leather sofas. It was like these weird leather sofas that I remember as beds. They were almost like these lounge chairs. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was very strange. And that hospital seems like it w- had been there since like the colonial days, right? Very high ceilings, big windows. Uh, they'd be like these cabinets with like medical implements in it. And I got very sick. And while I was recovering, I would occasionally wake up and uh, the Egyptian like laundry lady would come in and she would be like this squat, like five foot tall woman with like a, with like a, you know, hijab or whatever mm-hmm. around, or maybe it wasn't even a hijab. Maybe it was just like a, like a handkerchief, like a thing around her head. Yeah. And she had like these super, muscular calves <laughs> and she was barefoot and she'd have a big basket of clo- like wet clothes and then she would leap up on the on the windowsill like leap up like in one jump it was like the weirdest thing she would just like leap up open these massive windows that had like she could have just fallen out and mm-hmm. fallen to her death and then she would hang all the clothes out really <laughs> the window there was a clothing line hanging from the hospital window and she'd just like hang up the, it was so <laughs> super super third world uh and i'll never forget that for some reason it just i'll never forget that little muscular old lady with the basket of clothes um but i just i don't that that sounds really impractical having to drag wet clothes to a place doesn't it seem like really impractical to you because it's yes. heavy and in a hospital out of all places yeah. and then you would hang it out to dry out of a window yeah that doesn't sound right that seems odd a lot of people got sick that day no <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it was but uh till this day like i, I have to check with my mother to for her to clarify what happened at this if i'm if i'm misremembering this That's odd. <laughs> but i'm sh- i'm like you're mixing it with like lord of the rings or something <laughs> no, <laughs> like the, are you sure specific. it wasn't like a neighbor and you were at home? I want to call her right now and ask uh. her. <laughs> I'm going to do that right now. I'm getting my phone. Hang on. Hey, Ma. Remember that time? Did that muscular lady exist? <laughs> I'm going to call her live. Are you going to ask her in Hungarian? No, no, no. I'm just going to call her and I'm going to put her on a speakerphone. <laughs> could, you, could you ask her in Hungarian, though? I can. No. <laughs> Please I can. do. Do you want to, do you just want to hear me speak Hungarian? He pretends to speak Hungarian. He's just making stuff up. Here we go. He's not even Hungarian, isn't he? Hey again. Servus. Servus, no? Le bota fekudve. Hey, 
See, it's made up. <laughs> uh, we're actually podcasting right now. And I was telling a story to Richard. And I wanted to verify with you some of the details. Okay. Uh, do you, Do you remember when I was hospitalized in Egypt? Yes. What was? Do you remember the the lady that hung out the clothes? Yes, of course. She was like a like a cat. <laughs> she climb up the wall, and uh, you know she could just hang down from different windows, and so she did. Yeah. She did leap up to the windowsill, right? Yeah, but she was all veiled in a black. She was dressed in black, and she had something black on her head and all that. Okay, and did she, did she hang the clothes up, like on a clothing line? Yeah, she did. Okay, mm-hmm. and why was I in the hospital? Oh, uh, you were in the hospital because you ate some vegetables or fruits. I think it was fruits. Uh-huh. And um, you got this kind of dysentery, or I don't know, some kind of really terrible... Uh, virus digestive issue yeah so uh, you needed uh, penicillin uh-huh. and uh, it, it was given to you they really treated you well but it was just a horrible circumstance okay all right mom well that's it <laughs> that's, <laughs> i wanted to no sheets on the bed just like like uh, wooden benches yeah i remember weird yeah. benches yeah. Were, was there leather yeah. did i remember leather seats uh yeah they were just like two or three pieces of wood uh, you know nailed together <laughs> they were like that it's amazing okay mm-hmm. well thank you because oh and there were these big rats running around on the floor like <laughs> uh, like a cat size <laughs> they were rats yeah in the hospital big ones. yeah like about uh, like my uh, forearm but fat and um like they passed under the under the bed and all that i was terrified was, <laughs> was this in asyut uh yeah it was okay that makes sense <laughs> okay well thank you for clearing this up uh-huh. so where <laughs> are you going to publish this <laughs> uh, it's, it's going to be on the podcast but we're going to have to have you on because i, I need to ke- check a bunch of more stories <laughs> with you <laughs> and you're a good storyteller well, I don't know. <laughs> that's the truth. It's yeah. Not really a story, yeah. No, that, well, it's just, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. All right. That's it All then, right, Mom. Then. Thank you. Okay, bye. So I will see you. Bye, Anna. <laughs> so there you go. That's so funny. Confirmed. I forgot about the rats. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anna, for confirming that. It yeah. wasn't a figment of Jason's imagination. So you had fruit. Yeah, I guess... You know what we call that? What's that? Uh, it's the deli belly when you go to India, but in uh, Egypt, I call it pyramid fever. <laughs> <laughs> the Pharaoh's gift. The Pharaoh's <laughs> gift, which you definitely go when you get to Egypt, but it's so worth it because yeah. the fruit and the veggies are so it's good. Delicious. Yeah. But it's, a, it's got nothing to do with what we have here. No, it's like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't need a salad. You just, you could just. Pour it, pull it off and eat it, right? Yeah, but like it's just so tasty. And and in a salad, they just dress it so nicely. Yeah. I got it when I went. Well, to be fair. Oh, man, I was bad. <laughs> La Tourista, <laughs> Egyptian style? Oh, yeah. Mm. Pyramid fever? Oh, yeah. The mm. curse of the mummy. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. I was like knocked out for 24 hours. I was like chained to the okay. bed toilet. Well, I must have been toilet. like three horrible. years old, so... I oh probably, my God. probably came Your real. mom must have been worried. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, Asyut is south. It's it's basically like it's a it's a small city. 
right? So this would have been very, very um, rural hospital type of thing. It would mm. not have been like anywhere near the something you would yeah. find in Alexandria or Cairo or something, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, so okay, there you go. See, <laughs> there you go. I didn't make it up. <laughs> hey. hey, I almost died. Hey. <laughs> this is just like one of many crazy stories from my young, very early childhood where I almost died. It happened a couple of times. In uh, not in Egypt. Tr- that in was Transylvania. The, uh, once in uh, Romania. Uh. I got poisoned uh, very badly, um, and then there was meningitis here, which was fun. You got meningitis? Oh, yeah. You didn't get the shot? No, because uh, I got it just before. They they moved up the schedule f- because of me. Oh, man. I was like the third case in Montreal or something. Are you serious? 100%. Yeah, if you could look up the like the newspapers, you'd probably find mention of it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Call your mom. Verify this shit. <laughs> Call her mom Oh, no, now. this I remember. <laughs> this is in my teens. You had meningitis? Uh, yep. <coughs> oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Yeah, no, that was it was crazy. It I was got tough. meningitis. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't got, nobody got time for meningitis. Yeah, and I was lucky too because they 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 have shots or treatment for like two or three strains of it. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch. I vividly remember being in grade three and going to get my shot. Uh huh. La meningite. Meningite. Yeah. Sounds yeah. dirtier in French. Meningite. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's like I was on Reddit and there was this guy who's like uh, restaurants that restaurant names that sound like sexual acts. <laughs> and there's a picture of a restaurant called the Himalayan Chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I, I could make out the name, but I like zoomed in. I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, that totally sounds like a thing. <laughs> Have you ever tried the uh, Himalayan Chimney? Have I? Have I? Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't chimney until you haven't, you, you know, you haven't lived. <laughs> you haven't lived. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Egypt and delicious fruit that'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, it's good. It has to, there has to be some kind of difference, right? Price to pay. Is that price what you're to pay? Saying? I feel like it's a price to it's pay. It's too delicious. Sylvie did it to herself on purpose. I right totally now. did. You're just she knew it was going to happen. I was but on she's the like, Nile cruise. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I was on the Nile cruise with my parents, uh-huh. and my parents speak Arabic, so we had the chance to exchange with the staff, and they were very kind to us. And I told my dad, I said, "Dad, I want to eat pigeon, you know, Egyptian style, because it's a delicacy over there. Not like, mm. not like mm-hmm. pigeons, the rats of the sky, like raised pigeons." And uh, he said, "Okay, let's ask." Uh, the staff so he asked and they said we will prepare a meal for you come to the dining room after the meal of the buffet like when everybody comes down so we said okay we go down for the meal it was off the hook i had never everything was delicious they served us uh, soup they served us then the pigeon came with uh this juicy tomato cucumber salad chopped off really fine and and i i just stuffed my face like i had never eaten Mm -hmm. in my life everything was so good and i saw my mom stayed away from that salad because it was raw you know she had she knew the deal she knew the deal so during the whole trip we only had like cooked vegetables and and meats which was delicious but the raw stuff is where it could be iffy because of what it's washed with or whatever we're just not used to it 
If he also sounds like an Egyptian name. <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> but I I didn't care. I looked at her and I'm like, Ma, I'm doing this. And she's like, it's your body. That's amazing. <laughs> and I ate it. I ate it almost with my hand. Full disclosure, you knew what the deal was. I knew like, it was coming. And I was like, hatch. I'll be fine. You know, I was living in the Middle East at the time. I'm like, maybe I'll be okay. Ah. No, I was not spared at all. It was just, but it was totally worth it. I think that was one of the best meals I've ever had. Wow. Yeah, mm. I don't think I would have survived that. But you I'm paid the you, price. I paid the price. So did my parents, because <laughs> we were in the room What is that? They had to deal with you. <laughs> what is that? That what is that that makes people sick like that? Like uh, I think it's just bacteria you're not used to. That's all. Just environmental. Yeah, your body will just want to reject it. Like in uh, Cuba, apparently that's a thing. Yeah. But not in other Caribbean nations. But something in the water, I guess. I don't know. Socialism. Socialism. <laughs> <laughs> Too much socialism. Communism. Communism, yes. Poison. Poison. The red menace. The red menace. It's what it is. <laughs> Too much uh too much Russian influence mm. in your food. Who knows, man? I don't mm. know. Did you have you ever gotten sick uh eating uh on the <coughs> No, not the really. No. I've been pretty I've been pretty cautious though. When okay. I when I travel, like I don't get I don't have ice in any of my drinks or any shit like that. Was oh, that a thing? That is a thing. Oh, I yeah. remember ads about that, about hepatitis. Yeah. yeah. You get the titus. <laughs> Are you nicknaming it now? You're, 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 that, fami- you're that comfortable with That's hepatitis right. that you're giving it a nickname? I'm abbreathing it. <laughs> I'm abbreathing the titus. The tights. <laughs> you want to get the old tights. Not the tights or the itis. But what is it with ice cubes specifically? That is it because it preserves the... Oh, it's the water. No, it's the water. But the the fact that it's ice, it preserves. No, the, because it sneaks by like your 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 system, right? Like if you're only drinking things that are closed, right? Like soda oh, okay. or a beer yeah, or something, fine. or just like drinking like a, like bottled water and stuff. But if they add ice to it, then that's that's not made with bottled water. No, no, you're fucked. Okay. That's made with tap water. Exactly. And toenails. <laughs> and toenails. So they're poisoning. Oh they're poisoning your drink with toenails and. Yeah. And the local water. But people don't think about it. They don't give a ice a second thought. Yeah. So they don't give yeah. a rat's ice. <laughs> 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 Ify, more ice. More ice. <laughs> Come here, Ify. Okay, we're gonna cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Crappy joke number three. <laughs> number four. What's the wildest? Yeah, but I've been like to India and yeah, stuff. I was and, gonna like, ask you. Yeah, no, no problems. No weird weirdness. No, not really. Yeah, I guess it's, right. it depends. Also, if you if you stay towards the stay with the, the resorts and stuff, or if you're the kind of like let's take the skinny donkey into the real also, into the real country. Street food. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> that's a risk. But that's it's, a risk. It's kind of worth it. I had street food in Syria. It was, uh-huh. it was like the best shiitake I've ever had. I really? had street food in Venezuela. Oh God. That's it was uh, sketch as dicey. Fuck. Syria somehow is more reassuring. I feel I felt I did feel safe. I'll like, tell you why. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the they, desert they people meat. with meat, they don't tend to fuck with meat because it, it can they kill. They don't have a barbecue. It, but it can kill in the, in that heat. It can kill. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't get hot in Venezuela, but in desert nations, like they they they, don't, they there's a reason they don't fuck with pork, right? Because they're aware mm-hmm. they're they're keenly aware of what bad meat can do. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing like octopus and shit like that in Morocco, I heard is really good. There's places where they, uh, the streets are cobbled probably since like the Roman days. Yeah. 
and they get so hot with the mid mid midday sun that they just throw the octopus on the on the sidewalk and it like sears wow directly yeah. on the stone that and then they sense. just serve it to people on sticks i guess i don't know how they do it yeah venezuela in in like at noon they have to stop driving on the highway because the tires melt holy shit that's insane every yeah. day at noon no traffic on the highway yeah okay yeah. <sighs> so it's just it's too fucking hot so you're in the sun wow. <laughs> you're 10 it's minutes crazy. from the sun yeah it's like super close to the equator as soon as you get that close, it's like a whole other planet. But there's a bit of humidity there, right? Like there's there's some fauna. Yeah, yeah. It's not like fucking Australia. D- dry heat is rather rare. It's like you'd find it in central Australia, in the Sahara. Mojave. Yeah. But not... Also sounds like an Arabic name. Ifi Mojave. Ifi Mojave. <laughs> More light, Mojave. More light. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That kind of dry... Uh, it's heat actually nice to to experience, but the hum- humid heat is unbearable. Oh my god! Hmm. You just you're, I'm useless. I don't know about you, but like well, I think I tolerate here. it a bit more than you know your average North American person. But sometimes it's like you have like I can't think. Absolutely. Your body's like, like your brain is drying up. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, hmm. your your the juices in your in your skull are like <laughs> like they're like evaporating. And yeah, I'm okay with dry heat. The humidity, I do ter- impossible. terribly. Yeah, it's just not not workable at all. Yeah, and I remember driving home from uh, our work site in the middle of the desert in up in the Emirates, and I would drive home to Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. and in the summertime it was very very hot during the day, but the heat in the desert was completely different than the heat that they had in the city all day. That like driving and getting out of the car i felt the heat radiating from the asphalt from the stones of the buildings like it was it was hotter in the city by the ocean than it was where we were in the desert it was unbelievable it's It's so hot waft you you get from the oven it's exactly what it feels like i my glasses would fog up when i stepped outside fog up like it was blank i couldn't see anything and somehow generations, centuries, millennium of people thrived there yeah. without air conditioning. Like I, Well, there was the less mind. stuff. I think there was less structure, asphalt. I don't know. Maybe, but still, like the, the conditions are the conditions, you know? I mean, how the fuck did people just not migrate a little bit north? <laughs> well, they, like, they actually did in the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somewhat. Humans are incredibly adaptable, though. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. What do you think of the theory that like people from hotter climates tend to be less prone to like uh, depression and like existential crisis and that type of internal turmoil? They tend to be more like there's a reason lat- Latino and like like Southern people tend to be a little bit more hot blooded is because they tend to be more like the um, the weather itself is rarely kind of a threat. Like, yeah, yeah, there's tsunamis and earthquakes and shit like that. But as a general rule, like they don't have to buckle down for half the year in a winter storm where everything freezes. Light, like luminotherapy must have something to do with that. Just the, just the yeah. exposure to the sun. Yeah. But I think there, a big part of that is culture and but I would pride ask again, why is the culture that way? But th- th- definitely light, like... Like if you come from a culture that's near the equator, 
chances are you're going to have more parades in your culture than if you live somewhere. <laughs> well, because you could go out and Because you can actually go outside and like colors are in your environment, the fruits, the, the, the fucking parrots or whatever, the animals mm-hmm. in the jungle, life teeming jungles with life and stuff like that. You're going to have a more colorful, more vibrant, dancey kind of, mm. I feel. I don't and know. Say like Northern Europe where it's like Norway half the year. Mm. Where you'll see but Norway's are Nor- Norwegians yeah. are very happy people. That's the other thing. To, that's Scandinavia should be like excluded. But go to France, mm-hmm. Pas-de-Calais and England, Ireland. But you definitely see the Great. difference between English and French in terms of like détente. Like the French are way more the like south of France. But if you go to the north of France, uh-huh. it's just as shitty as it is. Well, because it's it the same weather. They're 10 minutes away. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> I know a shti. Uh, you do? Yeah, yeah. They're next door. They're literally across the yeah, pond. They're, from the, they're pre- technically British. <laughs> Or the British are technically people from there. Like, it's yeah. the same people. Yeah. Um, but that whole stiffer upper lip, like, sort of uh, keep it to yourself, kind of you know, mm. severe, proper thing. Even in the arts, like if you go to Scandinavian countries, the art tends to be more like um, contemplative carvings, um, sculpture, um, minimalism, you know, like very heavily intellectual where like the further one, further south one goes, the more, you know, it will be like Uh, La Tomatina or whatever. Mm. <laughs> expressive. And mm. Expressive or like <coughs> the color, what is it, the color festival in India where they everyone just throws powder in each other's faces? Or Oh, Diwali? Diwali, is that it? I think it's Diwali. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not like, I'm not saying this big theory that like probably someone with more education has. I've had it explained to me and I don't know if there's any <coughs> truth to it or not, mm-hmm. but like there's a couple of things. One is that life is easier. Right. Sure. It's like you don't have to work that hard to feed yourself when there's avocados and mangoes and stuff just growing and falling and rotting on the streets. Mm-hmm. There's just like food growing everywhere. So you can literally fall asleep on the curb and you'll be fine. Yeah. Whereas like you could freeze to death on your doorstep here in half, November, half the year, you know. Yeah. So there's that. The other the other thing is that like a lot of the festive in like culture the interpersonal stuff the dance and all that is an invention to deal with the fact that it's so fucking hot that you can't stay in your house (laughs) (laughs) so like everybody needs to be outside and as a result like they're all like getting together and having like salsa festivals and (laughs) whatever you know and dressing in feathers and and all that stuff whereas living in a colder climate like everyone's bundled around their fire <laughs> right know, trying to not die uh-huh so yeah that makes sense apparently that that is uh at least a factor in the in the the more colorful you know more festive kind of uh, makes sense southern cultures it absolutely makes sense to me i mean uh also i mean it affects everything i think environment is responsible for way more cultural traits than we'd like to think mm. you know sure um one one thing even in hungary like Uh, or any part of Europe around there, you'll notice the houses, the way they're built, <clears throat> is they're built uh, very solid. Like a 50-year-old house is a new house in Hungary. Here it's like, mm, it's probably done. It's on the verge. Unless it was built like at the turn of the century, mm-hmm. 
50 year old house is like unseen now right if it's a 10 years old you're lucky <laughs> it's gonna need some work yeah and it's gonna have a pink toilet it's gonna have a pink toilet it's gonna droop <laughs> to a side but that's just because within the fabric of north american architecture and maybe you can correct me on this but it seems like there's a legacy to the temporary, original temporary nature of colonialism, right? Where there, was, there wasn't really a, an attitude of like permanency at mm-hmm. first. It was at best shacks and temporary like, like the, the, the Hudson <coughs> Bay Company and all these like fur trading companies that had like little sort of s- little towns to support just like this withdrawing of, um, of natural resources. <clears throat> and then eventually when people start to settle that it still seemed like that the whole brick thing and the stone thing was just it was not part of the mentality mm-hmm. there was wood as far as the eye could see so that just became a natural way of building things so while we have fewer monuments here the f- at the same time it's we refresh easier here whereas like refreshing uh, uh, our uh, infrastructure in europe is a huge pain in the ass because you just want to knock down this old Soviet building, but oh, there's like a Roman bath underneath it and five other sculptural <laughs> fucking graveyards beneath it, like Sumerian temples and shit under everything. <laughs> Spanish gold, uh, Roman this, Viking ships <laughs> under everything. <laughs> so it gets dicey, right? Here we can just like, fuck it, just ram it down and we'll put up a new one with, with whatever colors we're working with this year, right? Mm. Um, but in Hungary, yeah, your te- typical house will... Um, absorb heat. The walls will absorb heat in the because daytime. Because they're stone, yeah. Because they're stone. It's, cool. it's cooler in the and, and sometimes they have higher ceilings for the heat to exactly. rise. Especially in the Middle East, the ceilings are very high, so it just it makes sense, right? Yeah. And in the evening, like that heat is really useful because it gets cool, mm-hmm. right? And I even saw some really old houses in some villages where the the foundations you could see that they were made in the in, during the war. And they would be like whatever they could find at that point mm-hmm. to put into the mix. And they, sometimes you find like soldier helmets in there. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah of like course. Helmets actually like just mm. mixed into the, to the stone or whatever. And they'll just be like a helmet like sticking out of the side <laughs> of a foundation. <laughs> but yeah, I think that a lot of the stuff plays, you know. Um, when I was in Greece, apparently like it's just like the worst. Like they were trying to excavate in order to do like a new construction but like it's impossible it's impossible because every impossible. time every time you you do it like yeah. you dig like for five minutes and then you there's some kind of piece Same of antiquity. In Egypt, atlantis they, don't, they stopped they stopped so many projects and they stopped trying yeah, yeah. Like, well that happens to, here like by right? law you need to like contact the museum and then right. they come and yeah well here too i mean uh when i was working on the last project as soon as you find something, you have to call immediately. Immediately, and they come with the the paintbrushes and stuff. And yeah. so here, they just find garbage, and it's like waste from the twenties. And like, oh my oh god, god, what could it be? What could it be? It's like a historic a, find. It's like a windmill foundation nobody gives a shit about. You know, like, oh. yeah. but, but you still need to like excavate it with a paintbrush. With everything, and, and then, then everyone who's paying for the project is just pulling out their hair, like, <laughs> god damn it. Get a bigger brush. Really impatient. Yeah, I had a client who uh, was a safety uh, um, like engineer on a new uh, hydroelectric dam mm-hmm. and just the first phase is is the prospecting right yeah and then second phase is just building roads not even actual roads but the roads to get the trucks there 
and then there's the draining. Like, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, right? But then what the funny thing is, like, he spent half the time at the site. So he would stay in this, like, he described to me this hotel he stayed in that was like something out of Twin Peaks because <laughs> it was, of course, near native land. And it was one of these, like, literally Twin Peaks-type hotels, like the Moose Inn, <laughs> right? <laughs> With the actual giant moose head when you come in. And everything's got a layer of dust on it. And you're just like, this is some sort of weird Twilight Zone shit. And every single move that they made either ran into natives going, like, more money. We, yeah. want, more, we want more money. Or uh, we're going to block this. We're going to block the other thing because this is we like to hunt there or we like to fish there or whatever. And then when all that was done, they'd find a bowl and suddenly the entire multi-billion dollar hydroelectric <laughs> operation had to screech to a halt because someone found a clay bowl. Pretty much. <laughs> that's, ex that's exactly what happened. <clears throat> yeah. It happened uh, here in, on the Turco interchange, the, com the contractor working there. This was, it was an old, uh, I think, um, a, a a, a, une tannerie. Oh, uh, uh, tanners, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, leather, leather and tanners. And they, they found a lot of things, and they, it's, it's... It's from 20 years ago. Well, well <laughs> Called the historical society. We found, even, like, on my <laughs> job site, we found a thing, but luckily it was out of the, the way of the work, but uh, it's, it is not to be touched. It's an ancient, it's a grave um, of a little girl of, uh, from the, the, the tribes that were here, and uh, between here and the South Shore, and the the um, community on the South Shore, I think Kanawaki claimed it, and and it's like it's like you can't. There's like it's no. It's kind of cool that of that, course. That I mean, it's it's, it's important, but but to a certain degree, the, the, the paintbrushes to find concrete from the twenties. It's like uh, and like <laughs> that whole that whole lot used to be like an industrial techno park of Shit crap, hole. and they really just threw garbage. Yeah, everywhere. It's. Everything mm. under the turcot looked like like a uh, 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 fucking post-apocalypse. Children of men. That's yeah. what it looked like. <laughs> it looked like children like of men. Before, <laughs> when when the Lachine Canal was running and all those things, that that whole the whole south of the island is it was a techno park, and it became a dump, and then it became what we know today as Verdun and yeah. La Salle, and but and it was just like giant junk heap. D exactly. But so now it's like, oh, there's a fork. Yeah, from, from the 20s. <laughs> Stop what everything. Are, what are those spoon forks called? <laughs> sporks. Spork. Sporks. <laughs> sporks are an 80s invention. I'm sorry. <laughs> there were no sporks before 19. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a bit silly. You that know? would be of great historical importance, <laughs> though, if they did find that. I can understand how in a in a new world that that might be even more precious because it is such a young country that any piece of prehistory is super coveted. Because you know the museums are small here, um, just but there is a there's a limit to that. Like there's a point where it becomes silly. You know, I mean, yeah. I understand. It's like who <clears throat> was telling me in Corsica, you literally go to the ocean and you like you like dive in, mm -hmm. and you, if you put your head underwater, there's like a Roman city immediately underneath there. There's That's like really coins. Cool. Yeah, there's fucking coins and vases and like there's millions of dollars. <laughs> you of get like, fucked if you try to take any. You of come that out shit. with a coin and you're dead. They'll 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 they'll, put you, they'll kill you. They'll wow. fucking kill you. <laughs> and it's just understood. Like nobody fucks with anything. Yeah. Nobody, nobody touches. But it's not like hey, I found a shiny 
a white rock. I'm going to put it in a jar above the fridge. <laughs> no, literally, you put your hand underwater, Atlantis. <laughs> every time. So every it's fuck, real. Just a lot of our history happened there in that those five blocks. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't I think in Rome the metro has like two lines. It's like it's like a little L in the city. They I don't think they managed to dig through the rest of it because right. it's just it's, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah it's You're just, just digging through history. Pretty much. At some point there has to yeah, it's like a cake, layer cake. Yeah. Of historical junk. Right. <laughs> so at some point, yeah, I think we need to go like, you know what? Cool. Take some pictures. <laughs> do some ultrasounds or whatever it is the fuck that you do. And mm. then let's, uh, you know, put up some uh, public toilets or something. <laughs> well, they take what they can take and they move it and they... Yeah, they usually move it somewhere. Right. But it starts to uh, teeter on like hoarding a little bit. Like cultural hoarding. Hmm. I guess it depends. How many Roman vases do we need? Come on. All of them. It's like terrorists keep on stealing and breaking them. Yeah, that's a different situation. <laughs> yeah, now that pisses me off. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that kind of shit. We're like breaking the facades of like ancient temples. I'm like, mother <laughs> like The worst that. part is that they keep all the good stuff and they sell it on the black market. Of course. So thanks oh, really? for is that double pissing me of off. Course, like, of course. No, the whole like course, destroying like, thing is a pretext. It was just a sham. Mm. It's just criminals. Oh, and did, did you remember like the, in an, I think in a museum uh, in Iraq or something, like they they had a feeling this, that the place would be overtaken or something and they swapped the art for fakes. Nice. And the, whatever was caught on video being smashed Destroyed was, was fake. Was fake. Good job. Mm. I thought that was pretty good job. They should do that everywhere. Yeah. We should replace <laughs> all the real art with, with copies and just bank, put it all somewhere underground. Right. Well, yeah. that's what they did in, in the Valley of the Kings to conserve the tombs. Oh, Jesus. Right. Yeah. They closed them, unfortunately, for tourists, but they recreated the exact replicas right next to it. So you still get the experience. Yeah. Without ruining the, the actual yeah. thing, which is you're not supposed to walk. Yeah, talk about a country right? has probably gotten it worse than any other country in terms of getting its treasures pillaged. Yeah, but uh, it was pillaged like long before the French and the English oh, yeah. was there were there. So mm. yeah, I'm kind of glad a lot of this stuff is now in the British Museum and in places where you can go where there's no rats. Uh, <laughs> there's no rats. It's uh, free and yes. it's World Heritage now. You know, like it belongs to all of us. UNESCO is that it? Whatever. Make come if not you never would have seen it because it'd be in some like in habib's backyard <laughs> like <laughs> if he what is it if he mojave <laughs> if he mojave would be hogging all the shit <laughs> fuck you if he we've had enough of your shit look at this mommy it's fantastic it's, it's fantastic uh, original you're like it says made in france bro <laughs> fuck off <laughs> made in taiwan really <laughs> Who is it that said that how <laughs> bizarre it must be to get uh, made in China stuff in China? No. What was the joke? I forget now. How making other people's souvenirs in, chi in China is... Anyway, for, I forget. But it was one of those weird conundrums where like... Someone from China going to Paris and getting the Eiffel Tower that's made in China. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. How bizarre that is. Mm. Well... It's a new reality. They gotta <laughs> accept it at some point. Chinese probably don't give a fuck about souvenirs. No. <laughs> they just like mm. this is dumb. They just want Louis Vuitton. That's what they want. Louis Vuitton, yeah. Mm. It's true. For some reason, they have pretty good knockoffs though. Knockoffs are dead. 
Are they? No, is it over? No, they are not dead at all. I don't know. No, they're not. They're not as big as they were in like in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah no, the Louis Vuitton craze is kind of over. We oui. because at some point like everybody had the Louis Vuitton wa- wallets and purses, but I think I think the brand name shit ça, is done. Ça a passé un petit peu. Hmm. But women are are and men are still after the the brand like crazy. But are like, they? I think I don't see as many copies as we. That's what we're creating, right? <laughs> Romans, Greeks, Egyptians, <laughs> Persians. Like we're fucking contemplating the universe and like pushing sculpture and painting to its to its extremes and we're like if someone like finds our shit underground like louis vuitton bags <laughs> <laughs> knock off louis vuitton bags uh vapes, vapes. <laughs> man buns right. fidget spinners fidget spinners uh <laughs> fucking iphones um and styrofoam containers like that's what yeah but like these people were fucking crazy yeah the knockoffs aren't that big here but they're huge in in asia in asia in the rest of the world pretty much oh yeah yeah Yeah, still they opened like a entirely fake iphone store yes apple store yeah uh there's a complete it's exact clone but it's not apple but it's not apple (laughs) there's there's so what's the apple replaced by like a full apple like a pear or something (laughs) yeah it was like a peach oh my (laughs) goodness yeah yeah, yeah. shameless no they do shameless uh there isn't it there's a fake disney world there's a whole industry. No, there's no. There's two Disney parks. No, but there's a fake Disney World, like one that doesn't actually. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, there's a fake Disney World in and Hong Kong. I don't know where they are in China, but one of the most famous ones is a. Uh, they created. They basically ripped off all the World of Warcraft I- IPO, and created like World of Warcraft theme park. Wow. Completely lifted and ripped off of the IPO, and like Blizzard wow. doesn't get a dime from this thing. And it's a full-on, like, massive theme park with, like, the giant statues and the fucking rides and no shame. Yeah, yeah. But the fake Apple store, yeah, I've, saw, I've seen that. Oh, my goodness. And it can't be touched. Like, you can't. There's no laws there. There's no, no laws to protect copyright there. Yeah. So it's they not just do whatever the fuck they want. Oh my God. And they get pretty good because they do a lot of manufacturing over there, right? So oh, yeah. They, they hold they hold. All industry the actual secrets. Apple factories right. down the road from where the fake yeah. Apple store is. Yeah. So they and it's all about partnerships. You partner with a local manufacturer and you have to give yeah. them everything. So they can do whatever they want. There's a, there's <laughs> a they can clone <laughs> anything they want and there's no one's going to stop them. I mean, with the, uh, the, the legions of Chinese people that are going in, pouring into these factories, it takes one guy to bring back like a piece of technology and just give it to his cousin and voila, they can clone anything, mm. right? Um, apparently, there's one organization, one company that handles almost all of the manufacturing contracts in China. They have some weird, sketchy name like World Organization Trade, <laughs> like one of those. <laughs> and Sounds James Bondish. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> yeah. They Dude. control, they have all the contracts. They have Apple's contract uh, for wow. manufacturing, which is uh, very... Uh, very controversial because Apple is supposed to have like a very rigorous um, licensing contract of like if you're going to make our products here are the following Mm -hmm. workers conditions that have to be respected and this company has basically perfected this new way of uh, it's it's like a new wave of sweatshops where they create campuses Mm -hmm. um, literally like a university campus like a Apple campus? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've all but lifted that model. 
And the idea is that they, quote unquote, provide a work-life balance, blah, blah, blah. In reality, what it is, is they've built a bunch of these like cubic cubes where they shove the employees in there mm-hmm. and make them pay for rent. Yeah. yeah they live there. They, they're forced to live on campus. They never get to go home. Um, they eat at the cafeteria and they go back to work and then back to work. And then once a year, I think they let them go home for their uh, Chinese New Year or something. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they're all 90% of them are sending money back home. Of course, yeah. And um, the conditions, of course, are horrible. And uh, the whole idea behind this was that previous to this campus model, the big issue was is that whenever these migrant workers weren't toiling, uh, they would sleep under their desks or whatever, but they'd flood back into the nearest city. And suddenly any Chinese city would suddenly have an additional like 50,000 people just flood into it that were not from there and it would create huge problems for infrastructure, for poverty, for people on, living on the street. So this is a way to like segregate and create essentially a lemming like worker bee class. But of course, immediately these people start jumping off the roof, right? There's suicides mm-hmm. every other week. So then what does the Chinese government do? Nets. They install nets. Oh my goodness. There's literally pictures of this stuff on the internet. Yeah, and videos of these nets. Literally, not, not like let's make the conditions better. Let's just install nets so that it catches them. The reason they were jumping apparently initially is because um, there was a death insurance. And right? they could send more money back to their family? Yeah, they're like, well, I could, I could just work for another 10 years or get this like suicide or whatever, this de- death benefit. I could just jump off the roof. The work ends and my, my family gets this little chunk of change. Quickly, they, they changed those rules that that was nullified if you kill yourself. Then they started making people sign contracts promising not to commit suicide. Like, not, again, bettering conditions. <laughs> right? My God. Not stopping the bad stuff. Just like, don't do it. Mm. Otherwise, more, more threats, whatever. And Apple has fully benefited from this. And there's been no criticism, or at least there's been criticism, but there's, sure been, there's no, been criticism. There's been no like legal action or <coughs> scandal to on, on on any significant level that I find very shocking. Well, there's some major problems with with pieces of technology like your iPhone. Is that one? You won't be able if they were to make it ethically. You wouldn't be able to afford it. Yeah, it'd be like ten thousand dollars or whatever. It'd be a ten thousand dollar iPhone, so no one would buy it. So anybody who complains about it and still wants an iPhone is sort of a hypocrite. Is it? Really? Well, if you bought one, then technically you're supporting this. Yes, that is true. But do you think, do you, can you fully indict a person for, for um, having like a smartphone and make them like fully responsible for what's going on? Not responsible, but like you are a participant. In some way, sure. So so to criticize it afterwards, there is a bit of a contradiction there. Sure. 100% agree. And it's not only the manufacturing as well. It's the, the precious metals and stuff that are in the phone. The aluminum, that, yeah. That are all uh, procured from Africa, usually. And that's 
genocide conditions immediately. Yeah, anything Child coming, soldiers yeah. and stuff like that. Same thing with like blood diamonds and whatever. Right. So it's like, you know, double down on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what do you do at that point? Do you pay ten thousand dollars for an iPhone? Do you boycott iPhone? And no one cares. And no one cares, and like still keeps going. Right. So does the consumer have at least some responsibility in participating? Hundred percent. There's definitely something there, but I think there's also um, a certain amount of responsibility on behalf of governments and other agencies that oversee corporate operations that would otherwise levy heavy taxes or fines to a company that would engage in unethical business practices. Um, like it's a little bit. It's a little bit up to them to kind of uh, to to kind of put their foot down. Like they can make a difference, right? We can't really. If something's on the market, it's on the market. Mm-hmm. You can, to a certain extent, boycott it, but there's not. We can't really put a dent in that motherfucker. The market regulates itself. You don't really. There's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. It's that's the game. So we are we all we're all playing. So. Sure, but I mean, if a government, like there's been governments that, for instance, said no more of this uh, GMO. Um, yeah, but it doesn't shit. mean GMO won't be traded, won't be like sure. sold, sold right. and ma- made. And it's just a position, but it doesn't necessarily dictate ha- the outcome for that thing. Maybe it will have a big impact and then people will stay away from it. Mm-hmm. That's the market regulating itself. But if it's not, I don't know, harming all that many people or there's not that much to prove it to them or whatever reason or economically they can, if it's making them afford a phone or yeah, most people, people are not people, it's complain. self-interested a hundred percent. For sure. That's so. If you're like super comfortable shoes were made with like the cutest of puppies and you buy them, knowing that two puppies have been killed in order to make them. Someone would buy them. <laughs> Somebody would, would buy, buy them. them. But kids. like whoever does, yeah. like they have a somewhat of a they're hand. In, they're in involved it. in that transaction, right? Like sure. they've chosen to participate. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I mean, were they fully aware of like to a certain degree? I don't know. Well, I mean, speaking of China, they just that's I, not how they make hush puppies, though. No. No, they, it's mute mute puppies, right? Yeah, exactly. They make they take <laughs> they can't bark. Yeah. They cut the vocal cords. Um <laughs> I was just reading t- today that China apparently has already achieved the 2020 uh their 2020 mandate for solar power. Hmm. Yeah. 3 years crazy. advanced. They've yeah. just They've been super aggressive. Remember how I told you that Remember we had this conversation I was saying like the thing about the Asians, especially Chinese, it's like when they decide to turn left, everybody fucking turns left. That's racist. It's true. It's because <laughs> there's not the, the, the democracy, dem- democratic, uh, free thinking society thing has its drawbacks when it comes to uh, la- uh, making a significant impact on something because mm. there's fucking committees and fucking hearings and fucking litigation and special right. interest and, and yap, yap, yap. interests mostly, I think. If mm. But China's like, what? We're all going to die in five years? Everybody, solar power now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody left. 
Yeah, <laughs> and everybody fucking turns, yeah. and they're just like solar power. It, like in, <laughs> in two years, it in two years everything's solar powered. Like mm. there's something to that I find, you know. And if our our government because if you a, don't do solar powers, you're gonna disappear. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna kill you. Also, they're guaranteeing that they're gonna be a superpower in the next century by having advanced being ahead of the game in the solar power um, yeah. uh, technology. They'll be the go-to. Everyone's going to come to them because they've been doing it for longer, yeah. right? On a grander scale. And the mm-hmm. states had all the tools to be ahead. Of course. Europe and these states. Everything. Especially the states because of the real estate. They were, yeah. But they were totally we manufacturing it. the best ones. And there's then committees and then there's special interests and the power companies fucking over solar power, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, the Chinese are like, left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be off fucking coal and shit in like five years. Yeah. It's just all, all we have is Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> it's like not even American. Solar power. <laughs> Hello. Uh, he Hello, governor. He studied here. <laughs> <He's not laughs> Did he? St- in Montreal? In Queens. At, uh, Queens. In Ontario. That's what I really? learned. Yeah. I was very in- intrigued. He, so we can take credit for him? Totes, yeah. Totes. It's yeah. like um, he's pract- he's basically Egyptian. Yeah, fucking yeah. South Africa. <laughs> it's like he's um, ours. <laughs> William Shatner went to McGill, so all the students call the student association building the called Shatner the, building. the Shatner Building. The Shatner Building, which we're supposed to call it like SSMU, but everybody calls it Shatner. <laughs> yeah, and only because everyone loves William Shatner, because otherwise that's a horrible last name. It Shatner. sounds like some <laughs> conjugation of having pooped yourself. Right? <laughs> I had a good time, but then we shatnered ourselves. <laughs> he was shatnered? Oh, oh how unfortunate. I he had some Egyptian fruit <laughs> and he shatnered. You know how it is. It was a wonderful time pre shatner. Post shatner, however. It was an entirely different story. It was, it was, uh, it was a gas, really. Um, what is it that makes us do that? Like, oh, you know, he had an Egyptian father. Like, make us geographically or politically claim I, someone when I they're brilliant. Mm. Like, I no heard sense. he had blue eyes, like me. That's right. <laughs> blue eyes, blue eyes, blue eyes. <laughs> like Canadians do that. Did you know that this and this was Canadian? Yeah. Well, that's because Armenians <laughs> do that. And it's just a sense of community and belonging, is it? But it's so fun when you like learn something <laughs> yeah. you didn't know before. The funniest one. And it's one. the first thing you want to tell someone when you see them next. It's like, right. did you know? It's an Indian. <laughs> did you the, know? The funniest one was uh, fucking Sarkozy, the, <laughs> the French prime minister. Prime minister? President. President. Uh, and when Hungarians figured out that his last name was Hungarian, Sarkozy. Sh- like, it's Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> They immediately like Hungary's rolling France. They're like, oh, settle down, <laughs> settle down, <laughs> settle down, buddy. Hungary's ruling France. They're not ruling shit. First you of all, you belong to us now. <laughs> <laughs> Practically Hungarians. <Yeah>. Do our bidding. <laughs> They're like, no, he has some relations or whatever, <laughs> some vague, vague fucking Hungarian heritage. Or someone had some relations. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> so shot enough. Some <laughs> Hungarian relations. <laughs> no, but I always thought that was really cute, the way people are like, well, hell, you didn't know, but he uh, he graduated from the same university as me. Right. <laughs> yeah, 40 years before me. 40 years. <laughs> Has, I claim him. If he hadn't, <laughs> if he hadn't been famous, <laughs> I wouldn't have given a fuck about him either. Precisely. <laughs> but he made it. 
Therefore, he's my brother. <laughs> Corey Haim went to my high school. For real? For reals. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disclose that. I just did. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. Stop. <laughs> Don't tell people. I'm taking all the credit for all Corey, Corey Haim's many <clears throat> movies. Oh, that's right. He's not the. Uh, I was gonna say Feldman. Now that would have been awesome. Yeah. No, him. Is he still doing his thing? Is he still dancing? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen him since that. Uh, I got to look that up. See, remember that Cor- Canada, Corey Feldman's what, what whole crazy like? band, yeah, musical career. What is he on the Today Show or some shit? Something like that. Really? Where he doing did the like weird a... dance. You never saw this? Oh my god. Okay, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a dark. That was a dark period. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So. Um. I think that there is a certain there's a certain merit to to uh, remembering our history and stuff and and acknowledging where we're from and cultural this and that but there's also an advantage to moving on and being like forward thinking you know Absolutely and the problem is that we seem to the other side I mean being too forward thinking can also be really like everything's experimental yeah. and blah, blah, blah. I'd say it's very important to look ahead with an anchor to what you know is solid. Cause mm-hmm. And things change. Um, knowledge is evolving. All that, you know, you, you can't just base all your decisions based on what you did in the past because yeah. that's where you make mistakes, but that's also where you learn. So, Well, you're building a bridge, right? You're actually working on a bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. It's like pretty the, the cool. Scope of it. It's really, it's really interesting to to see how everything is tied into everything, anything, literally, uh, literally, and the interfaces and all that. And it's, uh, and it's important to think of past uh, mistakes, past achievements, sure. but, but also to to allow yourself to 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 see past what you know and 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 try different solutions and are there people that just come in to do like a certain part of the bridge but yes. they have no idea how it all connects to the rest they just know how to do this one thing some of the uh, sort of because the 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 structure itself will have like um uh sections like in a building you'll have a a joint of the seismic joints so or it's like a, a building that looks like humongous is actually four separate like Lego, buildings yeah Lego style, and yeah. they're independent of one another so should there be an earthquake like things sort of are act do do act independently they jiggle sort of yeah okay instead but, of like yeah. this one structure getting shook in part everything kind exactly. of moves a little bit yeah okay. so it but but it depends so the the but the bridge overall like yes of course people see the overall part but some people are f- focused on just like the cables of of the the cable state bridge or the tower part or something but yeah it does all tie into another but they're different people do different things so some people only see a part of the bridge and others will see the whole thing but it always fascinated me how like these massive um projects right like and clearly there's a bunch of brains behind it with like Oh, it's super impressive. But it's assembled by a, a class of people that mostly stereotypically we think are dim. And that's that's the sad part because they're very knowledgeable and but the, we just, the, the worker... Because they're physically dirty, right? Because yeah, of their job. you think less, but they're very capable. Right. And, and those are the guys that know the job. And, right. and they're 
very committed. Right. And there's a lot of pride in what they do. and Of course, they have to be. That they, they, Literally, everything depends it's on super their, cool. the, yeah. the quality of their work. But I'm just saying it's, it's interesting. Literally life and death. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah, potential massive a... loss of life if they fuck up somewhere. But I'm just thinking it's interesting uh, society-wise how we stare like, yeah, the construction worker, the slack-jawed, ass-crack kind of like it, moron. Mm. right with the like hey, hey the babes where the babes and like farting yeah. and burping on the but that's not reality at all a no. lot of these people have to be super on point with what they do on the ball and very knowledgeable and skilled and well the workforce we have here is probably one of the best in the world really yeah but there's some stragglers it's very <laughs> it's very tainted um the dealing with unions, the yeah, the relationship with that, and it is an important relationship. But is there abuse on b- both sides? Of course, sure. it's, it's always like it's a it's a push and pull. You know, it's not completely unwarranted because for every guy I see operating some machine that I don't know where the front is because it, it's such a specific machine yeah, like for he, doing roads. And stuff, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where where you get on this thing. Like how, and the guy's just like flipping fucking yeah. controls on it and like, like talking to his friend at the same time you know then there's there's the, like the two 400 pound guys that are just controlling traffic and scratching their faces and chain right. smoking but even those guys are important the they probably know more than like i do that. They're, yeah. they're, I, I i don't know i, I witnessed um, a lift a huge lift uh on on the bridge construction it was a 400 ton lift so it was very very heavy and it took uh, two two cranes lifted in tandem and right before the lift you see the team operating the the crew and they huddle in together it's a tradition they've gone over the plans over the last months this thing is planned to the t it's discussed, rediscussed, challenged, rechallenged. Just how that. they're going to lift this Just thing. Just how they're going to lift. Lifting is a, a, a domain in engineering. There's lift engineers that come in, and they, and then the guys that run the operation, the crane operators, the guy that are the guys that are signaling, they are huddled together, and then they go, okay, break, and then they go, and they go for the operation, and it's like a sacred little moment, and you realize when this thing is like up in the air. The guy who's in the crane cabin is it's not run by GPS. It's still by radio. And he's in perfect synchronous synchronicity with the other guy. And they're blind. They're just listening to the guys telling them how to lift. And imagine also a crane taking something from the ground, but up into a building. He can't see past the yeah, can't see shit. past a certain point, you know, so he's just going to bring the boom up and then rotate it and then put it down. But he's only listening to the guy who's saying, okay, three, like there's 10 feet, eight feet, seven feet, keep going, keep going. And he's going to drop this thing like slowly. He's not going to jump like, yeah, he's not, he's not. Yeah. You know, there's people there. So like the amount of trust that you need to uh, spread it's around. It's a huge. Is uh, so, and those operators are, are seriously qualified. They don't, they don't mess around. So you, you have to respect that yeah, in course. the trade. And One wrong move and like you're taking down three floors. Yeah, pretty much. And it's raining concrete <laughs> right? in downtown. Or if one of those crane operators makes a mistake and the other one... <clears throat> yeah, you, you lose the one piece you just built over the last four months. It's a pre 30 million dollars. Like pretty much, you know. So it's, or if it's you serious. fuck something up and like that <clears throat> huge piece is still connected to the other crane, that other crane's going down. Yeah. <laughs> 
potentially. Like you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a Spider-Man so incident it's a, situation. It's a very uh, Without Spider-Man. humbling Without experience to see all the work that goes into uh, something that took, in the end, 25 minutes. It was like beautifully executed and... Mm. you're thinking like why aren't they going any faster because they're planning a lot of stuff sometimes yeah, right. it's, it's it's important to to realize that won't stop other people from poo-pooing that it though oh no like, no oh, i would have done it faster when's your project gonna be finished yeah. 2025 yeah. uh-huh. on budget on budget on yeah. fuck you fuck off just you, you know. can't pay your taxes you don't you don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the color. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. No, honestly, even though I know very little to nothing about construction and architecture, every time I walk by a, a huge, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a site? Yeah. It actually fills me with wonder and, like, hope for humanity. I'm like, this is something. Well, it's the one thing that humans have kept on doing this whole time. Yeah, we've gotten good at it. Yeah. We got cool. pretty fucking cool and good at it. Yeah. With this shit. And it's impressive. And when you see, like, there's that new development now on, um, near the, next to Quartier des Spectacles. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird split building. And if you've seen it. Yes, at the, on the north side of it, right? Yeah, it literally, it looks like somebody took a uh, sword and, like, slashed a building in That's half. That's a cool building. And it just, like, looking at it with no walls and nothing, it, it looks like a alien ship that landed <laughs> from space. And I know that I, I wasn't around that area just long enough for them to put it up. And I remember, in my mind, it's still there was nothing there. And now there's this, like, 30 f- stories of concrete perfectly measured yep. in a weird, non-symmetrical <laughs> With a huge split in the middle, like this, like this shouldn't stand. <laughs> and I know it's perfect. And someone is gonna wire that entire thing. Someone's gonna pipe that entire thing. Someone's gonna put like. Someone's gonna paint this motherfucker. Yeah. Like I just look at it and like look at it in awe, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, this is humanity. This is knowledge. This is achievement. Like, what the fuck are we doing? with this television and pop stars and all this <laughs> fucking bullshit. Like this What have is, I done with my life? Yeah, I yeah. don't know how to do any of this. No, you're like, this is, this is miraculous. <laughs> this is fucking miraculous. And here I am like taking pictures, not me, but here I'm taking pictures of my fucking latte <laughs> <laughs> because it looked somewhat like Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Like all these things that we don't know how to do. Like yeah. It's that like Rogan joke. It's like if I dropped you in the jungle with a knife, <laughs> how long would it take before you could send me an email? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. That's a great joke. <laughs> like we don't know how anything works. We don't know how anything works and we're not. But we're super demanding. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not fast enough. Well, look at the condo owners. It's like uh-huh. they walk in, they get their apartment, everybody's excited and then... Oh, the toilet gets clogged. And they freak <laughs> out. Yeah, they, they lose like, their minds. They lose their minds. And they <laughs> call, like, the managing company, like, fix my toilet. And the company's like, I'm not your janitor. That's like, sorry, buddy. Like, this is your house. You're going to have to figure it out. And people just don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in collections. <laughs> You're like, you know, like, what? They told me six months, no, no money down. No, six months, no interest. Oh, <laughs> they go oh you mean oh 
It's a fifteen thousand dollar financing <laughs> you signed up for, and you say, "Oh, oh? <laughs> what the fuck?" It's not even fine print. It's like, do you know how this shit works? Oh, <laughs> wait, they owe fifteen thousand dollars, and they go, "Oh," and they owe the like, "Oh, it wasn't free for a year." It's which they still think it's free for a year, right? The no money down. They mm. still believe it's they have they've been absolved of a year of payments <laughs> as opposed to deferred payment right but when you tell me it's just interest they're like oh <laughs> okay I'll, i'll pay you friday you're like you just went from thinking you don't owe fifteen thousand to knowing you owe fifteen thousand you have to start making back payments on <laughs> and oh <laughs> that's it We're not like a shit or there's no like, like a oh shit. no 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 i'm returning this i was misinformed yeah. or this was not the arrangement oh. mm. or i can't afford that once in a blue moon you get someone like i i can't afford that <laughs> Fuck this. i'm returning everything i'm like thank you for thank you for calling right yeah but oh <laughs> here's some money then <laughs> you're like what the fuck There's a building. <laughs> There's a large building. It's not symmetrical. They put it up in six months. Oh. It's the size of Godzilla. And you're worried about fucking Kanye West and Donald Trump. <laughs> and you don't know what no money down means. Yeah. No, we're focusing. We focus on the wrong shit. Yeah. I know. Uh-huh. We're focused on the wrong shit. There's miracles every day. And, ha- and 90% of Reddit is... People anthropomorphizing dog faces. <laughs> Pretty much. Writing clever captions to a dog sitting on the blanket and be like, where's my dinner? thousand <laughs> <laughs> hits. The next one is like, hi, my name is Gerald. Um, I invented a new process to uh, reduce bypass operations by uh, three to six months in healing time. Ask me anything. Ten people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Do you have a dog? Yeah. 800,000. <laughs> on, on a blanket. On a bl- do you have a dog on a blanket? 800,000. Guy putting, yeah. Hurricane Henry or whatever it is. That's the devastating uh, uh, Houston. Yeah. Uh, and then like the, the big hits on Reddit are like, guy puts fish back in the water amid the torrential rain. Uh, some fuckhead coming out of his house knee deep in water with a plunger and pretending that he's like unplugging, like unclogging. Like <laughs> this is what's captured the imagination of people. It's kind of funny though. It's funny, but this cannot be, this is the fourth most read uh, website in the U S by the way. Yeah. It's the front page of the internet. Right. And <clears throat> it's not like, Hey, here's how you can help. <laughs> right. Here's, we, this is the best charities to target if you want to help with the, with the release. I'm sure that's on there too, but it just doesn't make it to the front page. It doesn't beat guy with the plunger pretending to <laughs> unplug the bathtub to let all the water that's down. That's what that site is for. I guess. Yeah. Uh, th- that video he showed you uh, is really it, the sound. It's the sound really that makes But it. The Corey Feldman, everybody, for those listening. Oh Sophie somehow did not, was not pretty. I was not informed. When was this? A few years ago. Oh, God. He's going to play it. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Feldman. He's doing his a little choreography. Oh, yeah. It's out of control crazy.
But that's not sound from the actual show. What's the sound? No, that's somebody put music over it. Is it? Or can we hear him singing? That's the actual song. Yeah, listen, listen to him sing. They're not playing your instruments, by the way. <laughs> They're not, eh? And just when you think... He went to your high school? Uh, no, oh. this is the other Corey. Oh, exactly. <laughs> You're so adorable. <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, he went to your he's high school? <laughs> <laughs> you, you got all refy there. He's, you got not, all he's not from here. He's not from here. He's trying to do like these uh, low-rent... Michael Jackson moves. Yeah, yes. he, he has a weird obsession with Michael Jackson. They were who friends, he, they apparently. Were friends, yeah. But he like never got over it or something. Go for it, I say. Go for it. Go for it. Um, focus on the right shit, people. <laughs> yeah. Stop fucking around. Okay. Go learn. Go for it. Before we wrap this up, I, I need to just quickly shout out uh, Sugar Sammy, who I ran into Sunday sweet which is really cool yeah um yeah at, at comedy abroad he just showed up i finished my set and i got off and there he was just standing there and i'm like uh? <laughs> i just so looked cool. at him and i literally went like eh? <laughs> I, and i realized this is my standard greeting now with with celebrities when i run into them i just look at him really? and i go like you <laughs> really yeah and then they go yeah <laughs> this happens this i is, guess that happens a lot right? yeah but most people go like oh my god you're are you right? I just, but I don't actually verbalize. I just like, mm. uh, uh, and then they go like, eh. and that's it. <laughs> and again, I just looked at him. I was like, eh, it's you. And he's like, eh, it's me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, nice. He, he goes, nice to see you again. And I'm like, I've never met you. No way. But he was super, he was a gentleman, absolute gentleman, uh, wasn't a douche, listened to other people's sets, mm-hmm. which some, non-famous local guys who shall remain unnamed mm-hmm. uh, don't do who like stand outside like they're vips and then they come and in then and then they come in yeah uh he actually like watched people go up he he uh he said he caught a little bit of my setting he, he said it was cool um <clears throat> but that wasn't like the interesting part the interesting part is seeing him go up because i was super yeah. interested in, like i like it's even the, the, the host was like, people pay a lot of money to see this man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just showed up and he's going to do a set for you now. Yeah. And you there was a bunch lucky of... lucky fuckers. Yeah. And it, there's a bunch of Montreal's who were like, holy shit. Yeah. But uh, like there's these people from South Africa like, oh, I don't who? know. Are we? Why are we? <laughs> they found out why they should have been excited because I saw the difference between yeah. a pro comic. Uh, not that Abdul, but was any worse because abdul butt has uh done some stuff mm-hmm. and he's a funny dude and he's Very got funny. he's got the poise he's got the the whole thing but uh sammy just like he just effortless yeah he had the fucking place like eating out of his hand within seconds and there was hecklers there's a bunch of these dumbass sort of valley girls okay. who i had actually previously heard talking outside like i went outside for a cigarette 
and I heard them talking and I, I was on the process of turning on my phone to record the conversation so I could <laughs> prove to people that I wasn't exaggerating. That these people exist. Literally three blonde girls like, oh my Godding for like 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. And talking about like, oh, oh my no. God, can I borrow that dress? I love that dress you have. Can I borrow it? I mean, I don't know if it's going to fit in because my tits are kind of like, you know, I got big tits. So. <laughs> yeah, if, but if you got anything that can fit my tits, like, like this was going on for 10 minutes. I don't know why, but you sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The tits were the best. <laughs> I have the biggest. The best. Just the best. Now, but anyway, so they're, they're valley girling it. And then like when I found out they were in the show and they would, they would just, you know, valley girls are like the worst mm-hmm. in the crowd because... They think there's when there's a joke, like they think they're like they don't get it, so they just sort of frown, okay, and they just roll their eyes because they're covering for the fact that they're not getting most of the fucking jokes that are being told. And one of them started, I guess she had a little bit too much drink, she's like, rah, 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 rah. and then Sammy just turned fucking filleted her at <laughs> her entire party. He's like, you know, your boyfriend, you know, that look he's giving you, right? Shut the, it's the shut the fuck up look. You know, he's like, he's telling you to shut the fuck up. He just went to town, but like in that, in that pro way mm-hmm. where it never goes dark, where people are uncomfortable and it's awkward. Like mm-hmm. it was, he knew exactly what he was doing. And uh, yeah, it was really cool to see. That's cool. So that. you, you saw firsthand. Yeah. To me. What, but, where, where the talent can can go and the 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 skill and all the yeah the the work that goes into it but also like the effortless i liked how you said it, it seems so effortless it was seamless and yeah i mean clearly really inspiring he's I mean. honed his material right yep. but there i could see first of all that the tremendous amount of talent that's there already um, um and i was not one of his biggest fans in terms of the material that he usually approaches i, I thought it was a bit facile you know mm-hmm. It's so like, oh, I guess he just does a bunch of uh, stereotype, like racial stereotype. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but I saw him do almost none of that. Mm-hmm. He was just himself and he kind of was up there and I realized he has a tremendous amount of charisma. And also you can kind of almost, it, he radiates like, I'm a professional now. Mm-hmm. I do this for a living. I've traveled. I've done comedy in four languages. Blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was just a treat. It was cool. That's cool. I love seeing that shit. And a bunch of other people showed up too that were really good. Like Danielle Sally who's been a guest on this show. Mm-hmm. She went up there and she kicked ass. Wow. And a lot of her material wasn't resonating with the dumbass girls because her oh. stuff is like uh, a little political and kind of smart girl type stuff. Abdul Butt was great. Um, uh, Oren, Oren actually fucking killed Oren Shabiro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another former guest. Yeah, he's just a funny guy, but like he came on after Sammy, which I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Oh, Ooh, that's gonna be tough." I was like, I was worried, uh-huh. but he he picked up on the energy. And oh, sweet! His stuff was very different, but people mm. loved it, you know. So that was fun. That's cool. That's yeah. great. Really man. neat. I wonder if there's an appeal to go for Sugar Sammy to go to a room like Comedy Abroad, where you have a lot of tourists. Little bit, as opposed to people who m- might know exactly who you are. Yeah, that might be it. You know, that might be it. But I think, if anything, he's just trying to keep himself connected. It's cool to like the street, and I think that a lot of comedians don't do that. You know, once they take mm-hmm. off, they just they segregate themselves from 
the the grit and i got the feeling that he just wanted to like you know hit the gym for 20 minutes type of thing right yeah you better not forget the little people jason <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't think so yeah <laughs> what about us but it helped that it helped that uh, my my stuff came off well as well i tried a bunch of new stuff i did almost all new stuff nice. oh sweet and uh, i wrote the set that night actually on nice. my way there yeah but it it, it worked out nice. so i guess i'm going to keep plugging away at it Absolutely. cool you got some laughs yeah yeah no I, I think i did really well and you were pretty early in the night right i was like third third on but um it took some while to get the show going and it was weird too because people kind of just all got up to go for, to get beer hmm. and started but to the hosts um credit he sort of noticed that people were at the bar so he kind of kept it going long okay. enough for everyone to sit back down and then it was good that's good cool it was fun who was hosting uh adam susser oh yeah we that's know true. yeah we used to yeah. work with that it was funny to run into him oh. he recognized me but like it took him a second yeah <laughs> <clears throat> but i also like ad lib stuff that worked out i realized that that's a good place to do stuff like um because, you know, obviously every comic is going to kind of take advantage of the, like, where are you guys from? Yeah. Especially in that place. Yeah. For sure. Like South Africa, Australia, whatever. So I was just like, on the spot, it kind of just occurred. I'm like, I don't, all my reference, all, everything I know about your your people is like, move, it's, it's movie related. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, South Africa, I'm like, nah, District 9, uh, Dingo ate my baby. <laughs> <laughs> And they love that shit, you know? They, they really, I was just like, do me, do me, do me, do me. Do me <laughs> What's my movie? What's my movie? Um, but uh, yeah, so it was a good time, man. And uh, fuck, I love comedy. I really love it. It takes too long to get up there and it lasts too little of a yeah. time and mm. it's too far in between sets and stuff like that. But shit, I love it. So it's thanks happy. for pushing me. Happy to hear that. And uh, shout out to everybody that was at Comedy Abroad. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's my story. Very cool, man. It's your story. It's my story. Right. This is my story. It's all my story. Any parting thoughts? Mamba? I would like to say thank you because I had a great time. Yeah, this was like an impromptu. Totally. And um, go learn. Let's all learn something. Let's appreciate something. Let's appreciate something. Mm. Look at something in your house and be like, hey. Hey. I clap and that light goes <laughs> on. <laughs> this doesn't come from nothing. Let's admire a person who's mastered something. Yeah. Let's be like, hey, you can take this thing and make it into another thing. And that's really mm. cool. And you make it easy. Make it look easy. Yeah. And uh, toilets don't make as much noise as they used to. And somebody made that happen. Remember how noisy toilets used to be? That's true. That's true. Remember like... Yeah. And then it would do that like tank refilling thing for like 10 minutes when you were a kid. <laughs> for like 10 minutes. Now it's like... <laughs> done. Done. Doesn't suck all the air out but of it the room. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to like block your ears or the, your, your, your fucking like drums will explode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the plane, you, like you think you're gonna get sucked out of the fucking airplane. <laughs> so yeah, admire somebody. Uh, pat, uh, shake someone's hand. Yeah. Tell them they're awesome. Yeah, and uh, don't be shy to try things. Don't be shy to experiment. I guess and sexually. Sexually. 
the Himalayan <laughs> chimney, everybody. Himalayan <laughs> chimney. It has arrived. That's right. Everybody don't go do the Himalayan chimney. Don't miss out. Yeah.